Good morning. Greetings in Jesus' name. Happy Father's Day. song we sang after Sunday school, Faith of Our Fathers, thought fit very well. As I was considering what to share this morning, I thought of a character that kept coming back to this character. This character is a story that is in the Bible and that was influenced greatly by the master of all masters, who was Jesus. And then how he responded to his circumstances. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. It's a very familiar story. Probably one that we would have heard when we were little. Thank you. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hand on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in and pressed behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she had was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the words that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, 
and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talatha kamai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of age of twelve years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Here's a story, or not a story, but an incident that happened to a ruler of the synagogue. I'm sure the the news was spreading about Jesus. This was in the days before there was any form of news source, television, radio, social media, whatever it may be. There was nothing of that nature. The only source of means of travel, of communication, was by talking. So I'm assuming that as people saw this, these miracles that Jesus would do, hey, did you see what Jesus did? And the, and the word would pass uh, from people to people. It's interesting that in the Old Testament, Malachi, one of the last prophets, there was a sil- there was a period of silence of 400 years. And now, when and alluded to it this morning in his devotional, John the Baptist, John the Baptist broke that silence. And that is why I think maybe people were coming out to see John, to hear this message. Something that had been somewhat silent for a while. And here is Jesus continuing to build on that. We know many many of the Jewish leaders, rulers, did not follow Jesus. They were angry at Jesus because of his teaching, the different things that he did and taught. But here today we have Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue. He had a change of heart. And I had to think, as Wenin was talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees coming out to Jesus, was, was Jairus one of them? Could have it been where Jairus changed from... There's something different here. That was just my thought. You know, it's easy to paint a broad brush across those that are part of a sect or denomination or whatever. But here we find a faithful man, Jarius. And he had a problem. And that problem was something that was very near and dear to his heart. And that was his daughter was sick and to the point of death. Problem was urgent. I can only imagine, you know, him working in the synagogue and and the people that he was around, you know, I'm sure that the chatter was of Jesus healing. 
And he probably thought, man, if I can just get to Jesus. And if he inquired of Jesus where he was, obviously he headed that direction. But Jesus was on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, but was returning. And he knew that. He found that out. And he was there when Jesus returned. The rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, would have been uh, probably his responsibility would have been of one of caring for the the building. He would have been one to choose people that would participate in service. Um, I'm I'm assuming that he would have been very well known, very well respected. He was very important. But yet he he was helpless to the fact that his daughter was dying. Jairus went to Jesus and it says that if you will just come and lay your hands, in verse 23, and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, that she shall live. Jairus wasn't just offering Jesus to come over to his house for a cup of coffee or to visit. Get the picture. Jairus is falling at the feet of Jesus, pleading for the life of of his daughter. Jesus doesn't always choose to heal. Sometimes he has a different plan. A better plan. And we can see how that played out here in this account. Jerry's had the faith our Sunday school, we talked about faith and works. Jerry's had faith that Jesus was able to heal his daughter. And Jesus and Jerry's went to Jesus. Jesus did Jesus' love for Jerry's was not hesitant. He didn't hesitate at all to go with him. Jesus is full of compassion. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. You know, Jesus didn't, he was no respecter of person. He didn't stereotype people. He said, I'll come. And he went with Jairus. He had compassion. It means that he felt the pain that his people felt. 
When it comes to someone that is really close to you, that is sick and maybe to the point of death, you know, you will go to great measures to pray, to intercede on their behalf, and to seek Jesus, the healer. You know, they didn't have Mayo Clinic or Gunderson back here. They had doctors. Obviously, we see that in the next uh, account. The woman that was sick with blood, she had tried many doctors, but was only getting worse. The point I'm trying to make is I believe there is a place to use the resources that are available, whether it's through doctors or hospitals or whatever, to use that source of line that God has given understanding to man to work with mankind. But yet on the other hand, there are some things that may be very complex, very um, out of maybe the comprehension of man, that you still have to go to Jesus, the ultimate physician. This father, Jarius, had a sense of urgency and was feeling desperate because there was nothing he could do. And Jesus feels that. So we do not need to be afraid to come to Jesus to bring that request of whatever it may be whether it's someone's life or whether it's someone's sickness. He has the power to help us through that. So we have Jairus heading, Jesus heading to Jairus' house, and there's another delay. If you can picture with me, the people are thronging about so thick. Have you ever been in a crowd of people where it's hard to move? That's the picture I get. And, you know, Jairus' concern is his daughter to get Jesus there, probably as quick as he can. But the people are slow, in the way. And then there's this woman that has faith, faith enough that if I can just touch the hem of Jesus, I will be healed. And I had to wonder, um, you don't hear what Jarius is doing or all that's recorded here, but obviously this interruption of this woman touching Jesus and Jesus saying, hey, who touched me, causing them to stop and him to be a blessing to another person that was healed. 
could have it been possible that if Jesus had not stopped, you know, if she would have touched his garment and was healed, and she felt that, but if Jesus had not stopped and had, had and had had kept going, man, that's poor English. Would have it been possible that later on, could have she felt like she had stole a blessing, not totally fulfilled. Here, Jesus stopped and said, "Who touched me?" And I always got the impression that it would be like a child getting caught with his hand in a cookie jar, or um, you know, in that time when you just did something naughty and you got caught. What are you doing? That wasn't Jesus' motive at all. He had something better. He had more to offer her. Mm. He said, "Go. Your faith has made you whole." But then the word came that. Jerry's daughter had died. The backing up just a little bit, the illustration of touching the hem of Jesus. The illustration that I thought of is. I haven't gone swimming in a while, but I I used to love to swim. But the the rule of swimming is that if you hear thunder or see lightning, it's a good idea to get out of the water. And the reason for that is when lightning hits the water, there's good possibility that the electric will travel and will find you in the water and shock you. And this illustration falls short, but you didn't touch the lightning, but the effects of the lightning touched you. And the same analogy is: here's the Creator of the universe, Jesus, and all this woman wanted to do was touch his hem, touch the hem of his garment, and feel that power, that healing power, wash over her body. And there was no question about it that she was healed. So while Jesus was speaking, some people came from Jairus's house and said that your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. You know, I find it interesting that Jesus—he didn't hesitate. He said, "Verse thirty-six: As soon as Jesus heard these words that were spoken unto the ruler of the synagogue, which would have been Jairus, he says, Be not afraid; only believe.' Now Jairus has a choice." He had a decision to make. Would he believe the terrible news, or would he believe in Jesus? Would he stop in his tracks or continue walking alongside the healer? 
He had just witnessed someone being healed. Would he believe that Jesus had power over death? You know, I may have mentioned this already, but is it possible that this woman at this time crossing in this path of Jairus was at the right moment to strengthen Jairus' faith? Jairus was faced with a crisis and here Jesus healed this woman and used it as an example of faith. Obviously the story we know Jairus continued to walk with him toward his house. Jesus only lets a certain few go in. And that is the three disciples and Jairus and the daughter's mother. There's lots of noise, lots of confusion going on. But then Jesus says, the child is not dead, but is sleeping. And then they laugh at him. I don't know. What goes through your mind when you think of that? You know, there's, this was before Jesus had even died, resurrected, conquered death. So the, the concept of death before that may have seemed a little more hard harsh and you know it was it was was, what Jesus said that she is sleeping is correct because he had the power to call her spirit back it only took a few words for Jesus to raise the girl shouldn't surprise us but you know Jairus and mother even the disciples they were completely amazed they knew that Jesus had power over the sickness they knew he had power over nature evil spirits they had witnessed those miracles but now Jesus had power over death you think Jairus and his wife realized at that moment that God's own son was sitting in their daughter's own bedroom? How blessed were they? Not only was their daughter fine, but they had also come face to face with the long-awaited Messiah. Here are two very beautiful examples of faith.
when the sick women, woman and Jairus were helpless and hopeless. Jesus was their answer. And the woman came to Jesus, and Jesus brought healing and peace. Jairus put his trust in Jesus, and Jesus brought life to where there was death. In the kingdom of God, suffering ends, hearts are mended, and new life takes the place of death. I find it interesting that they both were 12. The woman had a the issue for 12 years and the daughter was 12 years. I'm not sure what the significance of that is, but I just found that interesting. Do you have the faith? Do you have faith like these two did? Do you trust Jesus? His ways are always right ways. His ways are always higher than my ways. When you're faced with a very difficult problem, will that bring you, like it did Jairus, to the feet of Jesus? And will you go where he goes? Or where he asks you to go? Do you trust that God's timing is perfect? Sometimes he allows delays. And why is that? Is it because that we can learn more about him? And then he can receive more glory. And then our faith in return will grow stronger. We can ask God for strong faith. He's, God is willing to help us in strengthening our faith. Since today is Father's Day, what can we learn from this account, this account of Jairus? What did this 12-year-old daughter see in Jairus? Well, number one, she thought she saw that her father was not ashamed to seek Jesus. He didn't send his wife. He didn't send a servant, but he went himself. And then he took the responsibilities of being a father and he sought Jesus. Children need to see the commitment that we have to God. They need to see the commitment that we have to their mom. They need to see the commitment that we have to them as well. It is natural that the father wants the best for his children. And we see Jairus pleading on the behalf of his daughter to heal. Just come and lay hands on her. That was his plea. Jairus didn't just want head knowledge. He wanted something physically to happen. 
He wanted a hands-on relationship, an encounter for his daughter. He wanted her to have a life-changing encounter with the Son of God. As a parent, as a father, I can think of no greater wish or desire for our children. That is, that of Jerry's did. Am I willing to go to the feet of Jesus and seek Jesus in behalf of those I love? Those are the only eternal things that are going to last. They have an eternal soul. That's the only thing that will endure forever. It's not the bank account. It's not the farm. It's not stuff. Number two, what did Jerry, what Jerry's daughter see? She saw that her father was not ashamed to bring Christ into their home. Psalms chapter 127. I shouldn't say chapter, but Psalms 127. Verse 1. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but is in vain. You know, it's the Lord's building. We can build all we want. If the Lord's not part of it, it's going to be vain. Joshua 25:15. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was Joshua's commitment. When Christ entered Jairus' house, Jesus chose also who would be in there. He had the authority over another man's house. You can stay, but you need to go. Here's the question. As fathers, are we allowing Christ to bring into our homes what He desires that we want there? Or will be there? And are we allowing Christ to remove those things that we want, that we need to have removed? Number three. What did Jairus' daughter see? She saw that her father was not afraid to express his love for her. Love compelled Jairus to leave the side of his sick daughter in search of one that could heal. Love for our family members should lead us to make the right decisions and then do the right thing. Number four. She saw her father, Jarius, as a man of faith. Imagine getting the report that your daughter is dead. Alan and Krista, my deepest sympathies are with you this morning. To receive a report so very low is like a low pit to the stomach and it hurts. 
I'm not sure how that would feel. But from a physical point, death is the end. But from Jesus' point, death is the beginning. And that is why he could say that she was sleeping. And he had that power to call her back, her spirit back, and to raise her from the dead. It's only natural for us to want to hold on to those things that are physical. Those that we love, that is, that is natural, and I think that is right. But when we understand life and death and understand where we're going, who we're going to be with, in the end, is what's going to matter. Jesus told Jairus, don't be afraid. You just need to believe. And trusting Jesus is going to be that key. In the account here in Mark, in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, all the way through Mark chapter 5, verse 43, you know, we have Jesus. He calmed the storm with his words. He cast a legion of demons out of a man. He healed a woman that had been sick for 12 years and had raised a 12-year-old girl from the dead. Jesus had the power over natural power over demons, power over sickness, and power over death. And we can trust Him. We don't need to be afraid. He's the source of life. He's the giver of life. And sometimes it would, it would be, I don't know if the word nice is strong enough, but wouldn't it, wouldn't it be um, something to, to know that there was somebody that could heal and that the doctors couldn't do anything about it, but all you have to do is go find this person. And the Bible does talk about the end times, there being people that can do that. And I believe that should be very cautious because... I think, first of all, we need to check with Scripture. We need to check with the Master of all Masters. The Bible does talk about people having the gift of healing. And if you understand a little bit of maybe of our situation that we're going through with Christie, you know... It's just, it's an ongoing saga. And it'd be nice to just have something happen that would just heal it and make it better and wouldn't have to worry about it. But here we are going around again. And I don't know. As I was studying this, I thought, well, is this the, is this the delay? Is this where faith can be made stronger? More honor and more glory can be brought to God? 
I remember at the onset of a, of a minister telling me that his first reaction was that we get to be missionaries in the hospital. We get to be missionaries to the doctors. You know, it's not my ultimate goal. I'd rather be home farming. I'd rather be home working. I even told Alan yesterday I'd rather be out here than studying for this. That's just who I am. I'd rather do that. But you know, at the end of the day, you still have to prioritize, meaning what is important. Obviously, studying for this was very important. Being with Christy as she goes through her uh, struggles is very important. And I just want to say thank you to you as a church. You have been very encouraging and very helpful. And the Lord will bless you. This passage is more about healing than than being a Father's Day message, but I was blessed and challenged by it. And not only that, but by Jerry's having the faith of knowing that Jesus can heal. And I believe Jesus can heal. Whether it's physical or whether it means the end of life, that's still healing. Going into another, into eternity, into heaven to be with Him, that's ultimate healing. So whatever it is, shall we kneel for prayer?